0: can't believe they didn't do Wainwright. I mean, I'm really stunned they didn't rank Adam Wainwright.
1: Check, check, check,
0: check, check, check. I think Adam Wainwright just gotten a lot better since the Braves got rid of him, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think Dave Duncan's done things with him that have helped. He also, I could go on my tangent about South Georgia right pitchers versus Atlanta East Cobb pitchers. The best pitchers are all from South Georgia, not from Northern Georgia. Zach Wheeler trying to change that. So.
1: A lot less things on the arm.
0: That's it. Well, I guess we're ready to start. I am going to do a quick uh, uh, whatever, World Cup intro, but not that much.
1: Okay. Keep that part short. Oh, short. The one thing I will say is, is this I'm, is just saying they're
0: this playing is Sunday live on MLB the, Network.
1: The, and the one thing I'd say that we want to make sure we don't do is just sit here and read through these right. lists.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's
1: why we kind of have the, you know, we can pull out the 11 or 20, that kind of thing, so we right. can keep it moving relatively well.
0: Okay, well, we'll come on in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast. My name is John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. I'm joined by JJ Cooper today. Here at the BA headquarters in Soggy Durham, North Carolina, we thank you for uh, joining us. And of course, you can follow us in many, many ways. BaseballAmerica.com. You can download us at iTunes. You can follow BA at Twitter at our Twitter feed. Uh, many ways to consume Baseball America as a product. We got some video last week up of uh, the baseball of uh, the USA Baseball 18 and under team. So. Keep on covering baseball from a scouting and player development point of view uh, over many platforms here in the uh, late in the early 21st century. So JJ and I, with a little bit different take on this week's podcast, we're in the middle of pro- prospect ranking season's uh, first giant project, which is the league top 20s. And JJ and I each have uh, one league to rank. And one of the features of that uh, those league top 20s, JJ, is going and listing here the rankings from five years ago, kind of. Uh, a unique thing I think that we've always done to let us know how our rankings look. We always are trying to let readers know what our track record is, and then I think we have the most transparent process anyone could possibly have. No one I know chats about every single ranking that we do. If we rank college teams, we chat about it. If we rank league prospects, we chat about it. If we rank an organization's prospects, we chat about it. We are pretty – I think we really don't try to hide how we do any of these things here in our our process at Baseball America so one of the things we decided to do was look back at five years ago and see not just how did our rankings turn out, but who do we miss? Right. And uh, I think what we're finding, JJ, is we did pretty well five years ago, and, and the guys that we missed there's a there's some patterns for who the guys were that we missed.
1: Well, and and, and let's you know start with I mean this was not a uh, a petting exercise. We kind of went into this not knowing you know hey let's see how we did and yeah. it could have come out. You know, I think we still would have done a podcast even if it had been something where we'd have gone, wow, we really missed on a lot of guys. But I think more of the or...
0: gnashing of teeth in the office. I think there's more gnashing of teeth over guys we missed than there is patting on backs with the exceptions of, you know, some of us who are louder than others. Like, say, me. I do uh, – both of those are, are equally loud. So but, <laughs> I but think most no. people are harder harder on themselves than, uh, than they are uh, complimentary.
1: And, and it is useful. Also, just as we look at this, and we kind of said, basically what we did is we went back to the 2004 season, and we went team by team, and we said, okay, which players from these this team became big league regulars? And we tried to set a pretty strong threshold on that. We didn't say we were, made we it to the big
0: strict. league. I think we were fairly strict.
1: We're, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was what we essentially came down to was, okay, if, I, you know, if a guy had 350 or so at-bats in a season or multiple seasons of 300 at-bats, that guy's basically a big league regular. If some, a, of,
0: yeah, some of our tougher calls are guys like, like a Jack Hanahan was a tough call. He's had two seasons with 300-plus at-bats, one year where he was basically an everyday player for the athletics. Now, he hasn't hit in those two years, but he's been there for two years, He's probably like uh, as Will Lingo just said today. He's probably going to get a pension. Right. So uh, Matt Eddy suggested another uh, line of demarcation for is like are they ever going to get arbitration eligible? We didn't have any hard rules. And we didn't really say that gut because feel. We, we
1: are talking about five years ago. So if you talk right. about a guy from the salary league five years ago, well, there's a pretty good chance that he's not going to be. You know, yet we're not talking about arbitration yet or anything. But right, we great point. But we did try to set it as we're not talking here about guys who made it for a cup of coffee. We're right. saying because the reality Josh of Anderson. <laughs> the reality is is that you know, well, more than Josh Anderson, even you know, we're talking. I'm you know, really, I'm talking about you know, we're really not talking about the guys who, yes, we get to put an asterisk by them as made to big leagues, but
0: right. we're talking about guys who made who are making contributions to major league teams. Right. That was a, that was really that. That's why it was a little bit nebulous. Okay.
1: So partly because when we were ranking this. No one is looking at this saying, ooh, wow, I think that this guy five years from now will have had three innings in the big leagues.
0: Exactly. That's that's not a mark of a good ranking or not. So why don't we start with the leagues that we did five years ago, okay. JJ? And correct me if I'm wrong, you did the Florida State League, right. and you're still doing the Florida I, State I've League. Fl-
1: I did the Eastern League my first year here, in, uh, so I guess in 2003, and then since then I've done the FSL ever since.
0: So you are the Florida State League maven. No one knows minor league games that no one goes to, like yes, J.J. Cooper, indie ball. That's just not nice. <laughs> yeah, that was not nice. That was not nice toward indie ball, and, and uh, J.J. did not appreciate that. But our uh, Florida, you've done the Florida State League for five years now, so uh, that's kind of neat. And the, and the Florida State League that year, let's face it, that was a pretty loaded league. And we, we, we
1: at the time, we gave that league and the Sally League, with two leagues we did, were the two leagues that we gave five stars that year to because we did rank them as far as who is the, you know, which leagues have the most talent.
0: And, of course, the Saturday League that year was famous for its, uh, the Delmon Young, Ian Stewart, Lasting's Millage trio, guys who played together with USA Baseball on, like, junior and youth national teams, and then were all in the South Atlantic League. That trio hasn't quite worked out as uh, people thought. Not as they're all, They've all still been regulars on a big league club. Uh, Ian Stewart has probably made the biggest impact this year as a real corner power guy for the Rockies, and even he hasn't been necessarily the everyday guy. Uh, for Colorado, but I think he's uh, third on the team in home runs, one of four Rockies with 20-plus home runs, and they're making a playoff run, but JJ, of the Florida State League was loaded that year, and uh, 24 guys from the Florida State League that year, by our research, have become big league regulars, and I'd say the, the fringiest of those big league regulars is Jason Mott, and we didn't rank him, but that's because he was a catcher at the time, but we knew... He was going to move to the mound sooner or later because he hit 187 with best 94 defensive strikeouts. catcher there. over
1: year in year out. We always voted him, he was always the best defensive catcher, it seemed like, until he finally made the move. And once he made the move, he moved pretty quickly up through the system.
0: So, I mean, like some of the guys that we missed on, quote-unquote missed on, are guys like Casey McGee, <laughs> who was set free free talent, right. minor league free agent signing this year. Rich Hill, who's been awful in the big leagues this year, but did have two very good years for the Cubs. You know, Came close to 200 innings that year uh, at his peak. So that guy made a big, big league uh, contribution. Uh, But the rest of these guys, there are a lot of studs in here, uh, J.J. I mean, Hanley Ramirez and Josh Johnson, the two best players in the Marlins, their best hitter and their best pitcher. Uh, You could argue an MVP candidate year in and year out and a a Cy Young candidate. Or I would argue Josh Johnson, the true number one myself. Uh, Talk a little bit about how that Florida State League felt at the time and maybe how it looks uh, through the prism of five years back. Well,
1: in, in the, the prism, I mean, the, the, the one I I, I I cringe at is number one, Joel Guzman, who
0: at the time... I didn't even remember that. He was number one.
1: He was number one. At the time, Goo. the <laughs> scouting report at the time was, hey, this guy is extremely athletic for his size. He has excellent power. But beyond that, yeah, he's not a shortstop. He's playing shortstop now. He won't probably stay at shortstop. But he actually is not brutal at shortstop. And you move him to third, no problem at all.
0: And the thing is, we've seen a lot of Joel Guzman. He played right, in Durham a couple of years. Several uh, years. Not this year. Yeah. This year, Joel Guzman actually still eligible for my Eastern League list. But I know people won't be shocked. I haven't even asked about Joel Guzman.
1: But And what happened in the hindsight, you know, he got a lot bigger. He got a lot slower. He, and the bat did not, you know... The bat did not take the steps. He did not take the steps forward with the bat as far as pitch recognition and all.
0: If that guy had made any adjustments, J.J., I still think he would have been a big league starting corner infielder. Would he have been a star? Uh, would he have been better than some of the other guys on that list? No. But that power was. I mean, having done a lot of those Bulls games and seen some of the home runs Joel Guzman hit, I haven't seen anybody hit home runs as far as he hits them. His power is 80 raw power. But it's just there's nothing fast twitch about the guy. I think that's what happened. Right. Conditioning and just the fact that he just got to be so big is what kept him from reaching his ceiling.
1: So two, three, four though. Chad Billingsley two, Hanley Ramirez three, Scott Kazmir four. That's a that's a solid group. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go through and read the right. whole the whole list. But the guys I you know the guys that I, I really you know hang my head about missing on from that list. Russ Martin was number 21 on the list, which in hindsight, he should have been higher than that. It's
0: fun to go back and look at the chats. Yeah, I look back in the chats. And, is in like, chats. And,
1: and the guys mentioned in the chats, is like, okay, yes, Russ Martin, Josh Johnson just missed on. Like, yeah. You know, we were
0: always a little low on that guy. He was a six-round pick out of high school. I think we were always a little skeptical of how high his ceiling was. I'm not quite sure why.
1: Um Joel Zamaya was also in that 21 to 25 rankings. The thoughts with Zamaya was is that he's probably just a power arm out of the pen.
0: Right, which, which is what he's
1: been. Which is what he's been. You know, in hindsight, he probably should have still made it. Um, Scott Baker was probably in that 25 to 40 range.
0: And he was a guy who was tough to rank that year because the Twins were very aggressive, pushing right. him through their farm system. It was uh, his first full year out of college, and I think he finished the year in Triple A. And he was only eligible, I think, in the Florida State League. I think it was 49 innings in the FSL, right. and then like 40 in another league and 40 in another league. So he didn't really – those guys are tough to rank. Because when you're talking to managers and scouts, especially in the league they start in, not a lot of guys are doing pro coverage in April and May. Right. If That's, they are, Florida State League is one of the leagues where they're going to do it because you <laughs> might break camp from spring training right. and stay in Florida. But it's just very hard to necessarily get a great look at a guy who zooms through a league like that. The,
1: the guys who, on the other end of this tale, the guys who are ranked, you know, we talked about Joel Guzman. Um, two other, well, three other guys in the top ten. FXPA is kind of on that. He's still not, but at the same time, he's still young enough.
0: He's come closest to establishing himself this year, and he's... He's actually done better. Since Nolan Rymel started getting banged up and PA got more playing time, he's played better in Baltimore. The, the
1: jury, I think we can still say, is still out on PA, I whether safe he'll to say he's but,
0: starting to finally show signs of actually being a regular, which is encouraging.
1: But Eric Duncan, number ten on the list, um, the jury's not out. The jury is that he never took the step forward. I mean The
0: jury has returned a verdict, counselor, and yes, it is and, guilty as charged and, uh, and basically he showed, prospect bust.
1: He showed some power and all back then, but uh it was worried about whether he'd stick at third, and then really the bat just, just disappeared the next year.
0: And he had throwing mechanics issues uh, that were always the question at third. And I think if you want to be charitable, um, which I think is, it's fair to say that the guy did have back issues, and those back issues are going to affect your swing, and they're going to affect your ability to play third base. So he moved down the defensive spectrum. The offensive expectations became higher. And he, just I, he I don't think it was in him necessarily to live up to those expectations, and I think... He tried too hard. He tried to hit home runs, and you're not going to hit home runs. And I saw him in AAA in the playoffs just last week, and it was a little bit sad, frankly, to see, because the guy's just not what he used to be.
1: Tony Girotano, number nine. That was an, I, injuries really is, I'd say, probably the, the biggest thing that happened with him. He, may, right. he was probably overrated at that point at number nine.
0: He got the asterisk. He did get to the big leagues. He got to
1: the big leagues, and then basically you know, was done very quickly. Correct. I think he's an indie ball, actually. I think
0: he is. I think injuries are a big part of that, but I don't think his bat ever was quite as good right. as we thought he right.
1: And that, that was. Right, and then Mike Hinckley, number seven, who...
0: Injuries, Expos, he did get to the big leagues. He made a nice impact last September. He pitched 10 scoreless innings. I'm not sure what happened to him this year. I remember I actually had a glimmer of hope for Mike Hinckley last year. Um not quite sure what happened to him this year, but in last August and September, he actually threw well in the big leagues for uh, the Nationals. But... Uh, a pretty good Florida State League but, list, so and they deserve five stars. That's 20, sure.
1: 24 guys from the Florida State League that year um, have become big league regulars. 24 were in the league that year. 12 of them were on the uh, basically our top 20. So you could say essentially we batted 50%. We batted better than that from the standpoint that, like we said, David Murphy, Murphy Casey McGee, Rich Hill, you know, Matt Lindstrom, a lot of the guys who we didn't rank are ones, you know, if you were re ranking it right now, those guys would probably still be the ones who would rank at the tail end of a top twenty five of the Correct. top twenty four. Right. But you know, so about a, you know, got twelve of the if you if you looked at your FSL list in, in two thousand four, twelve of those have become very solid big leaguers.
0: That's not and that's not bad. And then the South Atlantic League, uh, which I don't do anymore, uh it's a sixteen team league. I've moved on to the Eastern League most years now. Um so we had 28 players from the Saturday League have gone on to the big leagues, which is pretty impressive, I think. Actually, even though it's a huge league like that, that's a but number just yeah, sheer numbers. Yeah, 28 solid
1: big league regulars is a, that's
0: rivaling the international league. I mean, think about
1: that—that's that's a player and a half per team.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, the PCL is another 16-team league, and it is in AAA, and it produced what 30 big leaguers. Yeah, uh, 31. So yeah, 30 because Dan Harry oh, yeah, was qualified. Yeah, 30. So I mean, uh, the Saturday League ranking with those AAA leagues. Is pretty impressive. Um, now, I don't have the, how I rank the league in front of me. J.J. has that. But I know that the top was Delman Young, Ian Stewart, uh, Lassig's millage And uh, I remember the time wanting to rank Ian Stewart ahead of Delman Young. I, I'm not saying that I wasn't on Delman Young because I was. I thought Delman Young was going to be a star. I still think he potentially could be a star, but that chance is pretty pretty it's low. It's just
1: diminishing every year with honest, the, uh, with, as the power just The stays. thing
0: is, the, I mean, he clearly has raw power. That's but not, he, that's never been the issue. The, same, the power never seems to show Well, he's 11 walks and 82 strikeouts. That's the whole thing. He just does not control the strike zone. He doesn't make any attempt to control the strike zone. The reason I still hold out hope for him is that stubborn hitters, he's stubborn. That's the. That's his biggest problem. He doesn't make adjustments and he's stubborn. Mark Reynolds is a stubborn hitter. Now, Mark Reynolds is so stubborn and that he has no two-strike approach. He doesn't care if he strikes out 200-plus times. Yet he's still productive. I think Mark Reynolds would be even more productive if he had a semblance of a two strike approach. But it's hard to argue with the results. I think Delman Young Delman Young, you can argue with the results. Delman Young should be able to look in the mirror and realize that his approach is not working. So we'll see if he adjusts. I still think I I say that he still has frontline all star talent, but he's brutal defensively and doesn't make adjustments there. He's gotten slightly better, but not a lot better. And he's surrounded by good defensive outfielders. And then he hasn't made any adjustments to the plate. Ian Stewart, I still think, is on track to be a big league starter and an impact third baseman with the power that he's shown this year. The Rockies are a very conservative organization, plus they've had Garrett Atkins. So uh, Garrett Atkins is going to be gone after this year. Ian Stewart will really get his chance to establish himself next year. Uh, Lasting's Millage, I'm done with Lasting's Millage. Uh, just not good enough in center field. Doesn't hit enough to be a corner power, a corner guy. That we predicted that he'd hit for more power there, and he's just not going to do it. Um, the biggest, I guess, really hit in that top ten, to be honest with you, is still probably Ian Stewart. Uh, the top ten is just not great, uh, bottom line. The biggest miss, the guy that uh, we ranked, that's, that's the other thing, really. There's not really a superstar, J.J., out of the 28 guys uh, who have become big leaguers, with the exception, I would say, of Matt Kemp. Right, I I think say, Matt if you, Kemp if you re-ranked it right now, would you say
1: Matt Kemp number one?
0: I think I'd say Matt Kemp number one, and I think I might even say Nick Marcakis number two, and I'm stunned that I didn't rank Nick Marcakis. Is- I look I back in the chat. I didn't look up Matt Kemp in the chat yet, but I did look up Nick Marcakis, and I had him in the 21 to 25 range. For anybody who listens to this podcast, you know I'm Greek, and I can't believe I didn't rank Nick Marcakis in the top 20, just like as the number 20 guy, but the guys who did rank and did make it are all guys who are like solid big leaguers, guys like Michael Bourne. Jared Saltolamacchia, Chris Young, now the Diamondbacks, who's had one impact year, but his lack of play discipline. But Matt Kemp had no play discipline in that league that year. I think it was a 25-92 right. walk-strikeout ratio. I'm pretty sure that's why I didn't rank him.
1: You actually, I, there was a chat question back then that you had, you're, you're available online if you just go to our rankings archive on the uh, prospect. Go to Rankings, rankings drop Home. Rankings, rankings Home.
0: down down under Prospects, Rankings Home. There they are. And you said
1: Columbus was full of prospects. Frankly, I could have done a top ten just on Columbus. He said, I would go Chuck Tiffany, Andy LaRoche, Ching-Lung Hu, Jeremy Millens, Xavier Paul, Matt Kemp, uh, Julio Pimentel, Marcos Carvajal, Mike Nixon, and Tony Abreu.
0: Wow. That's really sad to read that I had it behind Xavier Paul. But I can tell you, after that ranking came out, and I was talking to Logan White about something, Logan White told me, boy, I can't believe he didn't rank (laughs) Uh, Matt Kemp. And I said, really? I mean... Six-round pick. I know he's athletic. Sounds like there's a long way to go for the bat. And he goes, no, there's not that long to go with the bat. He's going to make and it. The next and year. not only is he going to make it, he's going to be a star. Logan's confidence in Matt Kemp is what stood out the most for me at that point. He was so confident that Matt Kemp not only would make it, but would be a star. He was right. I was wrong. Good lesson learned. But I think the, the funny thing, JJ, is the guys that I ranked who didn't make it are Adam Miller, Chuck Tiffany, Clint Everts, Jacob Stevens, Scott Matheson, Josh Anderson, Ching-Lung Hu. Josh Anderson and Ching-Lung Hu have at least gotten the Astros, yeah, and they're on
1: their they're hanging in that range where you could see in either. Josh Anderson, this is the best opportunity possible for him.
0: He's playing for bad teams. Right. Uh, the, the the Tigers gave him a chance because center field has been a black hole for them when Granderson was hurt. So now he's playing every day for the Royals. He's going to get close to 300 plate appearances this year, and he does have 22 steals, but he just can't hit. Whereas, and and who
1: I I could see a very similar situation eventually working out for him because, I mean, heck, if you're the Royals this year. If you could have had Chin-Lung, who he
0: would have gotten, he would have become a regular this year if he'd been with the Royals. And that is a guy who, there's been some injuries, but the bat was just not as good as we thought it would be. The other misses for me are pitchers, and obviously, I think I know a lot more about pitching now than I used to. I've become that's really what I'm most passionate about. And uh, the guys I missed on were low class A pitchers who've all had injury issues. Uh, since then, Adam Miller's had all these finger problems. Chuck Tiffany's arm was ruined, shoulder and. Uh, Clint Everts had Tommy John surgery. I actually got a fairly optimistic Clint Everett's uh, report in the Eastern League this year, if you believe it. I don't believe he's going to be a big league star. I do believe Clint Everts is going to get that asterisk, though. just right. It's not in time. Uh, I think Jacob Stevens, low-class A pitcher who never had stuff as good subsequently as he did when he did, uh, when I ranked him. And then Matheson's had Tommy John twice. So Scott Matheson's had Tommy John twice and actually is back in the Eastern League but, this year. And this, is, hard. and this
1: is a good lesson also, and we talk about this, Right. when you come to pitchers, not that you don't rank them or anything, but you have that understanding, like this is why we say it's good for a team to have, you want a team to have five or six good pitching prospects, not one or two, because even, you know, injuries do happen more often to pitchers than they do to position players. There's not anyone... Especially in low A. Right. If you're talking talking about guys in A-ball, there aren't that many... When you talk about position players who miss, what you usually talk about is the bat didn't develop as much as we thought. Right. They had to move off the position defensively, and they weren't able to handle it. And every now and then you have an injury pop in. When
0: you talk about pitchers,
1: a lot of the time, it's that, you know, well, yeah, their, their stuff was never as good because they blew their arm out of their shoulder.
0: One, one other thing is I, I do think it's reasonable to bring up here, and uh, whichever version of the podcast you're listening to on the Baseball America podcast, that five years ago, there was not testing for steroids right. in the minor leagues And I do think that PED issues are very reasonable. And I know I've talked about this with people in front offices. Even if you're talking about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I think as recently as five years ago, it was very difficult to know when guys improved, if they improved because they got bigger and stronger and they matured physically, or if they got bigger and stronger because they had help. I think it is very reasonable to look back with some skepticism at some of those radar gun readings or home run totals that players had oh, yeah. five, ten years ago, and maybe why those guys didn't work out, well, there might have been a, another reason that we don't know, and it's, maybe it's not reasonable to accuse an individual player, but it is very reasonable to be skeptical in hindsight of some of these players. Right. Um, some of the other leagues that we went on, J.J., basically we went back and tried to look at some of our bigger misses, and it seemed like the biggest thread was there was a pitcher per league, but we generally, at higher levels... We missed on some hitters, and we missed on some hitters who I'm surprised that we missed on in some of them, and then the lower levels – well in the Saturday league we definitely missed on some pitchers. In the Midwest League we missed, missed on, on pitchers. Some, some pitchers, but there was no we Edison missed on Volquez, hitters. Dopyric, Duncan, Wood. No, you, okay, sorry. At the top of the okay, no, list you, okay. we missed on sorry. hitters.
1: Missed on hitters is in thought hitters were better than they were.
0: Brian Dopyric, we, Eric guys, Duncan, Brandon Wood. No
1: no. I'm talking about the other side of it, which is the guys we that we missed on the Midwest League, that we missed on Edison Volquez, you know, is Nick Blackburn.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Carlos Marmol. Yes, the other side of it. Those kind of guys we missed on, yes. Uh, the, the, to compare apples and apples, you're correct. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was the, the guys who we, who have made major league careers for themselves and who were not ranked in our top 20. Yes, at lower levels, those were more pitchers that we missed on, and it was more hitters that we missed on on the top, like guys like Kevin Uclus, Nate McClough, Giovanni Soto. Dan Ugla. Dan Ugla, Nelson Cruz. I, mean, I guess I'm most surprised we missed on Uclus because we've written so much about him. In college, but, but he definitely was not a toolsy guy. So maybe it's a typical. Maybe I, 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 right. I would say
1: I'd say I don't, I don't think if you ranked him now, like I don't think we would. I, I think that 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 stage of BA is gone in some ways. That I think Euclid would be a you know. Well, the, the thing is, he Euclid. wasn't hitting
0: for power, though, even right. in the upper minors. Still, so that he wasn't a profile player, even though he was walking and getting on base a lot. So that's still, I think, would still be a concern today.
1: I mean, and, and the other guy, like Giovanni Soto, he, you know, was not. I mean, that's the thing with catchers is that right. catchers can emerge late. because
0: Honestly, Giovanni Soto, to me, he's made his impact in the major leagues. If he stinks again next year, he will not really go down as a guy who was an established big leaguer, but he was the rookie of the year. So it's hard to say he didn't have an impact. N- Nelson Cruz was Rookie was guy, of the year on a championship team.
1: Nelson Cruz, Dan Ugla, both were guys, I'd say, you know, Especially Cruz's case was, he always did produce. Right. But it was...
0: When he got to the big leagues, he didn't. He spoke right. out too much, basically. Right.
1: But it was, like, worries about the strikeouts, worries about the position for That's him. That's
0: a guy who changed the organization several times. Trades, I think there was a waiver claim in there. He's had a huge year this year. He's a 30-20 guy this year for the Rangers. But Dan Uglo was a Rule 5 pick. And a guy who honestly never showed huge home run power in the minors. He hit, didn't have huge home run power until he really got to the major leagues. But um Chin Ming Wong is a guy we missed on in the Eastern League. That's a little bit surprising.
1: Well, but if I remember with Wong, though, what happened was is that he really, like, and this is something else that can happen with pitchers, is, is you can have a guy as a pitcher who, and this is where, I mean, projection gets really difficult.
0: Right. That if you evaluate him
1: at the time, no. But he finds a pitch, he finds a grip, he, you know, makes a, a little adjustment
0: and takes a big step forward. Well, he, and he made a huge adjustment because he had – uh, elbow injury, and had to change his slot a little bit, basically not elbow, shoulder, and really went from being a fastball, curveball kind of a power pitcher to being a sinker guy. So and that's when he, he all of a sudden changed, changed became, completely. Yeah, he, he changed completely as a pitcher, really. And
1: when you're and when you're trying to evaluate a guy like that before that change, it, it's pretty hard to to rank him you know, accurately. And that that happens. The the thing that jumped out to me was we went league by league, and In the best league, 14, in the IL, 14 of the 20 guys we ranked have become solid big league regulars. In the worst league, in the Midwest League and the Texas League, 9 of the 20 became solid big league regulars. And in the Texas League case of that, only 15 guys in that league have become solid big league regulars.
0: There's actually 10 in the Midwest League because I left yeah, out Sean sorry. Marshall. Ten, that's okay. 10,
1: you know, ten in, the big, in the Midwest League have become solid big And
0: league. Dana Evelyn is right on that fringe. I actually was right. counting him as the 10th. He's right on that fringe of whether he's an so, established big leaguer or not. So, and, that's, and Randy Wells could also be on that fringe.
1: So, so But PCL 13 of the 20... Uh, IL, 14 of the 20, EL, 12 of the 20, Southern League, tw- 11 of the 20, Texas League, 9 of the 20, Carolina League, 10.
0: 10 of the 12.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, 18 league, 18 league Carolina League, 18 league, 10 of the 12 big league regulars were on the list, you know. And then the two guys who you say, you know, well, you missed on, you know, we missed on were Luke Scott and Foster Carmona neither of whom has exactly had a, a dramatic impact.
0: If Fausto has had one great big league season. He, he was a number two starter on a team that had nearly won the American League pennant. He's been awful since then. He's horrendous this year. And then Luke Scott is exactly the kind of guy that you probably should rank at the back of a top 20. He's a starter on a second division team. But on a first division championship caliber ball club, the guy's an extra bat. That's what he is.
1: And, uh... 11 in the Cal, Cal League, uh, 12 in the Florida State League, 10 in the Midwest League, 13 in the South League. The numbers that really jumped out to me, and this is when I started doing this, I started doing the Florida State League, which kind of started the idea of doing this, was how is, is, is just that understanding. Now, that number of, you know, we how, have, many
0: guys, yeah. how
1: many guys actually make it to the big leagues as regulars from a league? You know, when we rank 20... Really, that's somewhere around that range of the number of how many guys down the road. Now, these numbers that we're talking about here may go up a little bit. But but this
0: is one year, obviously. The sample size is right. This is one size.
1: year, and we're talking about five years away. When if you go and we did this ten years away, the reality of this is that you probably would see two or three more guys because a guy who takes a long time to make it, right. you know, that kind of thing. But that being said, you know, when we get these chat, you know, we get when we do these chats. It's worth us remembering. Like when we get asked, you know, okay, well, that guy would have been in my, you know, 25 to 30 range. That guy would have been in the 35 to 40. And when we say that, you know, there's, you can easily rank 40 guys in a league, but you're almost never going to see 40 guys from a league actually end up becoming big league regulars.
0: I mean that would be, and again, we're talking about the five-star league, the Florida State League, which did have high-end talent and does have, what, 14 teams in it, still only had 24 future regulars. Now those future regulars are significant impact right. guys. Right, you got so Papelbon, nice you got
1: Hanley Ramirez, you've got Scott Olsen, you have got Josh Johnson, you've got John Lester, Chad Billingsley. I mean, there were some impact guys you, in that league. But yeah, the
0: thing is, the Eastern League was the truth that year. The Eastern League was an extremely deep league with guys like uh, Ryan Howard, uh, Aaron Hill jumps out to me as a guy who's Curtis uh, I mean, a star kind of season. Yeah, I mean uh, Matt Kane. Yeah, David Wright was number one. Robinson Cano. I mean this was this was a very good league in terms of star power, but also in terms of its depth. Guys like Scott Baker and Brandon League and Garrett Jones has got twenty home runs to lead all major league rookies this year was in the Eastern League that year. So I think that I still think the best way to rank to decide like the Eastern League with thirty three guys, still that top level Eastern League talent does not to me. Compare necessarily to the East, to the FSL's top-level talent. We haven't even mentioned John Lester and Jonathan Papelbon on that Florida State League team. The Red Sox. How about the Red Sox in the Florida State League that year with Hanley Ramirez, David Murphy, Manny Del Carmen, John Lester, Jonathan Papelbon. That's, that's a, sick. That's that is a loaded league. That would be a loaded league if those were the top five players in your league. That team had more talent than the entire Carolina League. The entire Carolina League. Who's the best Carolina leaguer from that year?
1: Brian I mean, McCann. Honestly,
0: it's Brian McCann, and there's nobody else even close I mean, the next best one, save all your vitriol, Baseball Think Factory bloggers. The next best career there is Jeff Francoeur. I mean, mm, those, all those rest mm, of those guys. I would, I would
1: disagree with that because don't Jeff Francoeur.
0: Don't tell me Roger Davis. No,
1: the reason I'd say that is Jeff Francoeur has lost more games. He's been bad for so long that those. Ra-
0: How, who of those guys has been good?
1: Uh, one of those guys is the you're, above you're, average. So we can bring everyone in the conversation. I'm the, with the, you. the full list is Jeff Francoeur, Brian McCann, Josh Fields, Ryan Sweeney, Brandon McCarthy, Ryan Garko, Fausto Carmona, Luke Scott, Fernando Nieve, Raja Davis, Zach Duke, and Tom Gorzolani.
0: Who has the next best career there, JJ? This year, he, this year he's league average.
1: Right, but he was also well below league average for three years.
0: I'm not sure. He was above average one year. I'll go, get, you have to you have to be ref Jeff Francoeur. But the other point is, none of the rest of those guys. I mean, Josh Fields been back to the minors. Ryan Sweeney's a average or below average player. Uh, Brandon McCarthy constantly injured. That's a that's a negative. I mean, I know that Ryan I know he's creating outs. Ryan Garko, look at Ryan Garko. He's been a below average offensive first baseman basically his whole career. And I love Ryan Garco. I hope Ryan doesn't listen to the podcast. But I mean. He was league average for – he was well above average. He was league average another year, and he's basically league average this year slightly below. I mean, um, he's been well above average as a he's, he's been he – bl- was terrible yeah. as a Brave. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, ter- so he, was, he's gotten... he was actually terrible as a Brave.
1: Um, but actually, no, that's – that There's no else up, like, good. But that sums up that that league is the proof that, like, there are times where you can rank 20 guys in the league, and it's like, man, it's a struggle to rank 20.
0: I, I would have been very difficult to rank 20 that year. So
1: cuz I mean you you're ranking 20 and you're ranking eight guys if you'd done it perfectly you're ranking eight guys who have yet to become solid big league regulars.
0: I mean <laughs> that would be that would be a hard one to look back on in retrospect and think you did a good job when it was really just the league. And player. it really
1: is. The thing about it is is that Chris Klein, give him, you know, Chris Klein, you know, since has left us become a, a scout, but Chris Klein Hit on, I mean, there's not really a miss he had in that league. I mean, Neil the,
0: Huntington must have had this data in front of him when they hired him to work for the Pirates.
1: I mean, you know, and the funny thing is, is if you look at it, the guys who don't qualify, like, also our guys who made the big leagues. Michael Aubrey made the big leagues.
0: Yeah, Brian Anderson was a regular for a year. He was a bad regular. Uh, you know,
1: their second 10, uh, you know, Brad Eldred, i uh,
0: he, I think he made the big leagues. Yeah, I, I may be wrong, but I thought he. Anthony got up Larue up.
1: got called up yesterday, I believe, uh, for the Royals. Wow. Well, uh, Chris Ray, number sixteen, has you know has.
0: He's had some. He's had his moments with the Orioles.
1: You know, so I mean, that's Mitch Meyer, number twenty. He's not a big league regular, but he's on that cusp. He's on the fringe. So sure. really, I mean, he hit that list about as you know, that list is about as good as you could make. Well,
0: we only had eight teams. How yeah. hard is it to cover an eight team league? <laughs> I think that's another lesson. It's hard to cover the big leagues. Well, Midwest League is a tough league to cover. Saturday League is a tough league to cover. Right, and it, Florida I, State League. I, I, I think, I'll say this. And the GCL is actually the I toughest. I was going to say, I
1: think the GCL ranks as the toughest. You know, Nathan Rody. you can go online right now, you can see his top 20, you can see his chat. But the GCL, because for one thing, you're talking about a league where there's so, you know, they're, they're, they teams don't play each other outside their division. So you have to get managers from their little pods, if you want to call them. Right. Because they don't see anyone outside of those leagues, you know, or the, outside of that little division. But beyond that, there's just so far away. Statistics mean very little at that level because guys can struggle that year, and it means nothing almost right, long-term. Right. And then beyond that, you also have all these players who show up who you know nothing about. Like
0: Well, even at the lower levels, just to go back to the side leagues, we should wrap up this Baseball America podcast. But some of the guys who I did not rank who've become established big leaguers are guys like... Aaron Laffey. Aaron Laffey had a six ERA that year. Uh, Elijah Dukes, who was suspended during the season for detrimental conduct and then was shipped out to the Cal League. You know, in a 16-team tw- league with a top 20, I'm not going to rank that guy. That's where my antipathy toward Elijah Dukes truly began. Uh, Matt Lindstrom was a you know, s- starter at the time. Profile profile as a, a reliever. Niger Morgan was 25. Not only
1: profile as a reliever, but I think he was also a 23-year-old right. pitching in that league because he'd come off a two-year mission. So
0: a lot of the guys that we didn't rank, it was a profile issue. But I'm very disappointed that I didn't rank Nick Marcakis. I'm disappointed I didn't rank Sean Markham, a guy I was very familiar with from college. Uh, and frankly, in retrospect, a little disappointed I didn't rank the 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 the, the Russian Russian, Kevin Kuzminov. Uh, I not mean, that he's a star or anything, but I, I, I kind of wish I'd ranked him. One other thing on those complex leagues. One thing about this exercise because right now we have Bill Mitchell on the ground in Arizona, and the Arizona League goes up what tomorrow or today today today, today. he's
1: chatting uh you by the time you re- listen to this he'll chat
0: right but the, so the Arizona league's going up today the day we, we we're list, uh, recording this podcast and i'm I'm curious. I don't think it's a problem that we don't go see all these players. You know, I didn't see any Eastern League games. Next year I'll get to go see Eastern League games. I'll drop it to Richmond. The Connecticut Defenders are moving to Richmond, and I don't know what their nickname will be. Maybe they'll be the Richmond Defenders. it would be a good – actually, you wouldn't have to change the nickname, and you could just tie it into the Confederacy and put Eric Cartman dressed up like uh, Robert E. Lee and have a nice, uh, have a nice tie-in. But uh, I really do think uh, that our process – we had two in-person, basically, leagues this year with Dave Perkin doing the California League and Bill Mitchell doing the Arizona League, and you know, Alan Simpson used to do our GCL, our complex leagues every year, and those were bad years for the complex league in 2004. But if you look at his 2005 complex league list, those are just Insane. insanely good and and just right on. So I think those levels are the absolute toughest to rank. The GCL, the, probably the top player out of the GCL that year, that was... uh, at least for the top 20, the top guy, I guess you'd have to argue that it's uh, either Carlos Carrasco uh, Carlos Gomez or Jesus Flores? I don't know if Anthony Swarzak also has been in the big leagues. That's rough. Uh, in the Arizona league, uh, a little bit rougher when you have Matt Bush ranked number five. Uh, but you also uh, that league had Giovanni Gallardo down at 13 and uh, Kung Fu Panda himself, Pablo Sandoval, at 14. Which, so, by
1: the way, Pablo Sandoval, 14. Nice. That's,
0: that's very nice. We used to be on Pablo Sandoval. Uh, I'm not sure how we got off Pablo Sandoval, but when he stopped being a catcher, uh, we got off the train, even though he was hitting. I'm not quite sure why that happened, but uh, it did. It did happen. So we'll have uh, emails next week if you have them. And podcast also, at baseballamerica.com. Send those questions into us.
1: While, while you're listening to this podcast, we also are going to turn this into a uh, a story of some sort. Since John and I spent yeah. several hours yesterday researching this, there'll so be just, some kind of blog post. To so you'll you'll have something podcast. that you can look at with this as well.
0: But we do hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast and enjoyed the research and the look back. And for the next few podcasts, we'll just be looking forward with our league top 20s in full effect at BaseballAmerica.com. For J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody.